The UFC Picks podcast is brought to you by the UFC Picks app, a new free-to-play pick-em app that gives you the chance to win £5,000 in a cash giveaway. Check out the Picks app in the App Store and get your picks in now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the UFC Picks show, hosted by myself, and I'm joined again by Ollie, who, uh, as we know, is terrible at making picks, so this is always going to be fun. This is the week. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the week. That's going to be the story every Episode week. Episode three. Episode three. Let's go. Um, I also, I'm going to note that we've got the Raptors here, so if you hear any, back. any cackling or giggling in the background, you'll, you'll know it's them. Um, all COVID clear. They went and got, got their nose swabbed the other day, and they've been released from Beautiful their cages. Beautiful experience, isn't it? Beautiful. COVID test. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. I was daydreaming back yesterday to when things were different and when they were like... like for whatever reason, it was Cage Warriors in Newport, and I was thinking about like those fights and those events because they were always mad crowded and packed when like Jack, you know, Jack Shaw was fighting, and like it just seems like a different life, a different. Can't wait to go back to that. Yeah, you me too. You're not homeschooling. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, get me started about homeschooling. That's true. Totally I'm homeschooling man. myself. <laughs> that's easy. That's. I don't, I don't think easy. it is. I don't think Believe it is. Me. Okay. Right. Um, this. This is the week, is it? It's a banger. This is the week, is it, where you get some right picks? People aren't sleeping on this. (laughs) I don't think they will be, because we've had a week off, haven't we? Well, we have, yeah. We have had a week off, and there was no UFC last weekend. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Like, the weekend just flies by, and I don't realise it's it's been and gone. I think people will be keen for this. I just Mm. hope they've looked at the card and not underestimated how good it is. Well, I'm going to be excited about a lot of these fights, so that that will hopefully transfer to some other people. So... The current time when we're recording this is Monday um, and we're working with a couple of different fight cards. So the most up-to-date one is that I've got in front of me is the Wikipedia one plus a couple of other fights that we know are on that card. We're a bit subject to change, aren't we? A little bit subject to change. But So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all 12 fights that we, we know are on the card right now and then if they change order or whatever, you'll just have to bear with us. Um, the UFC trying to turn these shows around so quickly, it, it leaves a bit of time for the... Uh, it leaves them little time to get the cards together. Okay, so we'll start with uh, the featherweight bout. Sung Woo Choi against Yusuf Zalal. Go on, give me your first thoughts on this one. Ooh, I think this is going to start this big card off with some fireworks, don't you? I think so. I mean, although Tapology has got Valiev against Martin Day, but that would also oh, do the okay. same thing. Yeah. That would also yeah. kick it off big. Now, let's focus on this one. Zalal against Choi. Yeah, I, I think this is great. Um I think Choi is really, really, really good fighter. And I think he's had a bit of a tough run. This will take him two and two, I think, in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about Evelove last week, didn't we? Yeah. And how good he is. And that was a hell of a fight. Horrible debut. Yeah. Horrible debut. Because just, there's just no breathing room in that fight. And, and you know, when you've got someone who's a wrestler like Nick Lentz, who wasn't able to keep uh, Evelove off him, like Choi's a tall, rangy, kind of awkward striker, but he, he just couldn't keep did, him he off. He did pretty good. Right? He did. He, he did, did do pretty good. He did well for what he was up against, but it was a it was a horrible UFC debut. Yeah. And he's just he probably did better than he should have done. Yeah, I feel, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the odds weren't the odds were against him going into that one in a big way. I mean, the thing Movsaivlo was coming in as a, as the M one champ as well. And so solid, like, like we, we both agree, dude. he's going to be he's going to be a really good prospect, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think Joy dealt with him as good as he could deal with him, yeah. Because he is he's long and he's tall and he's he's got quite crisp striking, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he didn't have a chance to get too much of that off against yeah, Evelo, but he you know he did what he could do, yeah. And you know, 
I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna bring some fire to Zalal. I think so. It's just because they they're both like they're both they've both got a nice high pace of striking. They're both up for a fight, but the difference is you've got Zalal that's going to be on his bike moving away like he was against uh, against what's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? He was on the Fight Island card, the first Poria. one. No, no. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Austin Lingo. Right. Because you forget a name like Austin Lingo. So like he forced Lingo to chase him constantly and it got really frustrating for him. But he was also punishing him as he was on the way in. So so you've got Zalao who's going to be skirting the octagon as much as he can. And I think I think that's going to allow Choi just to just to kind of try and walk him down and and, and strike with him. And he's quite Choi he strikes crisp and straight, right? So he's down the pipe. And you know, I think he's I think he's going to catch him a little bit. You watch the Taporia fight, how many times he could have got subbed. Mm. Like that would that, that was an easy way out there for him if he yeah. you know if he was too tired and didn't want it anymore. And five or six times he just kept working and kept working. And you know, I know he lost that fight at the end, but he, you know, he, he did pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He so, did. Yeah. And this this like Sung Woo Choi is the challenge for him is going to be getting to um, Zalal. Yeah. If yeah. he can get to him, he can hurt him. But he's, quite, he's like, got quite a long He is a long... He? Yeah, he is. And if, yeah. you know, if you notice that right-hand defence that Zalal uses his shoulder mm-hmm. and he, he lifts himself up and back out of the way, I just wonder if Choi is long enough and crisp enough to to land that over that defence. Well, he's... Uh, Choi's six foot to Zalal's 5'10". He's got a two-inch reach advantage as well. Yeah. Yeah, and a high striking rate in comparison. 3.3 for Choi, but a lower accuracy. He's just a, he's just a game fighter, you know. He, he's a, he's a game fighter. He's an aggressive striker, and I think this is the kind of fight where if he can, if he's got good footwork to complement what I've seen of his striking, he might be able to eat the octagon up. And you've got to bear in mind as well, it's in Vegas, so it's going to be the Small smaller octagon, one. Yeah, right. Um, but I don't think Choi will have the the wrestling that Taporia had to shut Zalal down. Will no. he? He just he doesn't he doesn't well not not that I've seen he hasn't got that in his game. I don't think we'll get that sort of that wearing stalemate type work from him no I mean, his defensive be, uh, grappling look good but I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's maybe a, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be <laughs> a lively one card, isn't it? wouldn't surprise me if it's a full 15 minutes just looking at the track record of these guys because Choi's best round is the first one and I just don't see him being able to get to Zalal when he's got fresh legs like mm. he's that he's going to have to work hard throughout this fight and if he does get to Zalal it's going to be later in the fight yeah hope people don't yeah hope people don't miss this on the prelims that's, yeah. that's going to be uh, that's going to be an exciting fight which way are you going? Uh, I'm going Choi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that's probably a little bit... Uh, I'll be interested to see what the odds are, but a little bit against that. I think um, I think he might catch him. Mm. I don't, yeah, I think he might catch him. But uh, I love both of them, really. Like Zalal, I think he's going to he's gonna be significant in the years to come. Dude, he's he was telling me about this... this uh, it's like a, a blood disorder that he's got. Tapology is advertising me the amp that I've just bought. It's like it's like <laughs> up on my front page here. I've got it the already. Rhythm is strong right now, <laughs> isn't it? Right. Um, what was I saying? Zalal. Yeah. When yeah. I interviewed him in Fight Island, he was like, I mean, he's a firecracker. Like, and, he, and he's got one of those one of the rings on the heart rate monitor rings. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like as he was he's sitting on the sofa just just bouncing away, just buzzing with energy. I'm like, are you are you like this all the time? He's like, yeah. He's like. And he was telling me about this, this blood disease, this blood disorder he's got, which which has his heart resting heart rate much higher than normal. <laughs> and I'm like, so what's your heart rate right now? Bear in mind, he's sitting down yeah, in an interview. Relaxing. It was like plus 120, just sitting there, just going. So he's oh, like, man. 
you'd be lean as, wouldn't you? Well, all he is, the time. Isn't he? I mean, he is. He is. He's, he's, and he never holds still. But yeah. then again, Sung Woo Choi is built very much the same, but he's just a bit longer. Okay, so you're going with yeah, Choi. Yeah, I like are you? Choi. I think. Yeah, um, I like. I like that you pick. Know, we'll see. I mean, I like, like you said, I like both of them, and they've both got skills to. They've both got skills to to do well. I mean, Zalau might look like fire after coming off that last fight, that loss. Mm. No, Choi. Going to go with it. Okay. There we go. One from one. I'm already, uh, I'm already equal to last week. Okay. So <laughs> let's let's jump about. Let's let's have a look at the other fights that are not officially on the Wikipedia card card right now. So let's look at Martin Day against Timor Valiev. So this was Valiev against mm. Julio Arce, who you could talk about for 20 minutes now. You've researched him thoroughly. <laughs> it's too late now. And then he's off he's the out. card. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. He withdrew right at the point where you watched the last fight in his in his career chronologically. So. Before the UFC, Valiev was on a streak, right? Yeah. He just banged six wins in a row, got to the UFC, no contest. Yeah, but it was... There's, there was still a lot to get from that. I mean, it wasn't a no contest until the fight was lost and he was knocked out. So uh, let me give you a bit of background on this guy first off. Because... So he's traveled around. He's, tra- he's trained with a lot of people. His, his affiliation officially on, on Tapology still is Jackson Wink, although he's been training with Mark Henry since f- like three, four fights ago. He's very much Frankie Edgar and Zabit in the same person. Oof. Like he's got great footwork, great work rate. He's predominantly southpaw, but he does switch his stance. He's got loads and loads of kicks, like a real Taekwondo base. Yeah, but then he's grappling. Before, right? You know, if he needs it, he's got that Dagestani handcuff, bind him up, beat him up, choke him out kind of game. The, the, the way he the way he moves, he moves with that elastic tension, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, from Taekwondo, that's what was got us talking about it before. He's very bouncy, he's very elastic. He moves in and out very reactively. Yeah, I think he. I think he. Uh, he could be a bit of trouble for a few people, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and then that fight with Trevin Jones, it's a no con- no contest on his record. It it wasn't originally a loss, and Trevin Jones had the had the uh, he tested positive for marijuana, which you he must be blazed to have tested positive at that point. And <laughs> in, in the, I mean, you know, that's not something that's tested for out of competition. So he yeah. must like he did take it on short notes in his defense. But let's. Like what the if, night before? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but like, if you focus on what uh, what Timor did in the first round, like that, uh, some referees would have stepped in and stopped mm. that. Like he went down from a body shot, and and Timor kind of stepped away, started to celebrate, thinking that the fight was over, and then he got back to his feet and he kept attacking him, kept working the body, you know, like beat him up pretty good, but then got caught with a counter shot in the second round. And honestly, it looked to me, and I'm not taking anything away from the punch that, that Jones landed, but it was it was almost like Valiev was like, he was cruising at that point. Okay. He didn't feel like anything was yeah. coming back. You know, a bit like when Volkov fought uh, Derek Lewis. Right. You know, yeah, kind yeah. of cruising, like we're in, we're in third gear, finish lines in. And he just, yeah, he just lunged in and got caught. And we will touch on that later, right? But yeah. he was quite comfortably winning that fight, wasn't he? Comfortably. Quite comfortably. Yeah. This is not a nice fight for Martin Day with three losses in a row. It's not. And then you have to fight Valiev. It's not, and short notice as well. But then of all the fights that Martin Day's had, this is the kind of fight that's going to let him shine. Because he is, I mean, you know, he he does have good strikes for his his weight class. He does have, sorry, good good power for his weight class, should I say. He's got a good striking arsenal. He's got a taekwondo background. Lots of kicking in his game. But he's got fast hands as well. And he's just, like, you know, 
he just he has has had a bit of a bad run. I mean, this yeah. is going to be a, an, an electric fight because both of these guys are very, very talented. But like you look at like split decision loss to Li Pingyuan, who's just a difficult person to get a hold of. Then you get caught. He got caught by Davy Grant, which was a, a good performance by Grant. And then the, the guillotine against uh, Anderson de Santos, he, he got caught slamming him. Oh, he was just being saloon. lazy. He's in the saloon now, isn't he? It's a horrible place to be, three in a row. Backed up, last chance. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, that's like Valiev isn't a... He isn't a killer at this level. Mm. Like he's not, he's not, he's not obliterating people. If anything, he's 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 hurtful, but he's not damaging. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm still locking him in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I was, I enjoyed researching him, and it, it's often, it often gets to the time now where I'm like, oh, who have I got to watch now? And I'm like, okay, let me soldier through a couple of fights, and it, it's good because I'm kind of in a different place when I'm watching them. And, you know, I, I see more patterns and stuff. But sometimes, very occasionally, I'll put a fighter on and I'm like, oh, like I'm I'm learning things by the way so, they're yeah, stitching so, so together. So what, what, when you started watching him, what made you go like that? What was it? Because because he's got a very lively kicking game, but it's it's very well applied. And what you see from most people crossing over to take one, from Taekwondo to MMA is that they can't fully apply the kicks because they don't understand the breakdown of the range. Like they feel like the answer to... to to everything is Taekwondo, mm. like automatically. Like, that's why I got kicked off the football team because my answer to, <laughs> to headers was kicks. Oh. So like I end up catching somebody in the face with some studs when they were going up to head the ball and I was kicking it. Like it kind of becomes that's a like set problem. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a it's like an automatic like second nature thing. Like like Taekwondo almost encourages to like you know switch the switch the light off with your foot. And yeah. Like it, it like the the. It's almost like an ambidexterity, but not with left and right, but with arm, hands and feet. Yeah, right. A bit like BJ Penn with his, you know, you know, with his with his leg control when he's when he's grappling. Mm. Like, and, and and most good kickers get caught trying to kick all the time. Barboza, another one. Right. You okay. can run him down because he tries to kick against everything. And you feel you feel like Valiev has better understanding just applies it a little bit better yeah he's got the skill but he knows how to apply it knows how to apply it yeah nice striking skills struggles to finish struggles to finish mm. has been in lots of fights where i felt like he was just all over the guy just this couldn't a, this finish. is a narrative we'll come back to with some people further up the card in it Stamen. Mm. yeah that that fight in particular i looked at that and i thought to myself and, that and, could be a know, banging 15 we'll, we'll minutes we'll chat about but, it later but volkov as well to some degree yeah yeah yeah, okay. Valiev, lock him in. Lock him in, okay. I like him, exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid Rosa and Edwards has been thrown on me. It's been thrown on you? Yeah, I'm I didn't, not prepared I don't, for this I, don't, I won't necessarily say I threw it on you. Not prepared for it at all. <laughs> uh, you okay. Might, yeah, you might have to cover this one. But no, no I will worries. say I really liked Edwards when she came, when she was on Fight Island. Yeah. I really liked her. I thought she was super athletic. Um, seemed to maybe need a bit of time to settle in, but hot prospect right 100% you're absolutely on the money and like I mean I can wrap this one up pretty quickly and I'm, I mean no no disrespect to Rosa but this this should be a pretty pretty easy pick for Edwards if if she's the fighter that I think she is mm. so like that first fight on Fight Island it was like like she took it on short notice for a start she was a little bit kind of I mean she was she was like she was attacking immediately, wasn't she? She she had that armbar attack, which was really nice. But like her strength is her striking. I I remember saying this to to DC before the fights before the card started. I'm like, like she 
she damages people. Like mm-hmm. every single one of the fights that I'd seen her in before the UFC, she busts the, the, the opponent's nose. Opposite of Valiev. O- opposite of Valiev. Like brutalizes yeah, people. Opposite. Like aggressive, like fast hands, yeah. smashing elbows and knees. Really nice Muay Thai. She's got a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I feel like it's it's a, I mean, it's a purple belt in, in Jiu-Jitsu maybe, but I think it's it's a stronger asset in MMA. Do you know where she, was where she, who is she training with? Where is she out of? Not sure. I, I don't. It wasn't a gym. It wasn't like it wasn't a, a like one. a big gym. No, yeah. no. Um, Carol Rosa is coming off that split decision win over somebody else on the card. Laura uh, Procopio is fighting Molly McCann, and that was uh, that was a hard fight to get through to watch because mm. you got Procopio throwing single shots and and Rosa basically just walking her down with decent low kicks and a decent jab, like. If Edwards is the fighter that I think she that I think she is, then she's I think she should be all over her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and Rosa looks durable. She looks tough. I mean, she's a big girl for the weight class. It won't surprise me if she takes a beating first. Mm. But I just think Edwards is a bit better everywhere. Yeah. Right then, I'll lock in Edwards. <laughs> I thought see, you were going to go see, opposite. Seems then like I thought. A gimme, I'd... Seems like a gimme pick now. I'll take that. I'll lock that in. Okay. Well, let, let's then roll straight onto Molly McCann, Laura Procopio, because that's. It kind of follows on, so because Rosa fought Procopio last. I'm gonna try and say this with the utmost respect possible. Go on. I couldn't find one thing about Lara that I enjoyed watching when she was fighting. I f- yeah, it was it was difficult to yeah. to enjoy researching. Um, apparently, a, a BJJ is really good, right? World champion, yeah, yeah. solid, but doesn't have the takedowns to one back way, it up. Yeah, one way or another, she's gonna have to get someone to the floor, and her striking was not pretty to watch was no. it it's, it's all single shot stuff yeah it was all single punch stuff but, you very know i little mean head movement yeah. Very, yeah maybe two punches at a time at, at best what i didn't yeah <laughs> with the utmost respect i did not enjoy watching that yeah it's i mean it, it, the, the game plan it, clear for molly is that she keeps this fight on the feet and she boxes her up yeah she like, a, she absolutely should be winning this she fight. should be for sure absolutely i mean it, she's working she's working with paul reed a friend you know a friend of ours of so course, she's gonna yeah. be fit she's gonna be strong she's gonna be healthy i know he's he, you know he's big on on um cultivating health in his athletes mm-hmm. keeping them close to the weights so they're not cutting mass yeah yeah and that for sure kind of so you know yeah. she's gonna be in good physically she's gonna be in good condition she should be winning this fight she should definitely it, it's it's gonna be a test of her takedown offense though because like like molly can get a little overzealous and she can get caught up and caught and taken down and if that happens, then as she's scrambling, there is a risk of her giving her back. And that's when we might see some of the skills of Procopio that's got her to the UFC. Yeah. I mean, her debut wasn't much, but then again, like her takedowns were just shut down immediately by Carol Rosa. Um, and she didn't have the striking to compare. It was a lot of single shot stuff. And the more she got discouraged with the grappling, the less she wanted to commit with strikes as well. Yeah, like I feel like if, if we were in, you know, if we're in Molly's camp, we would have a limited... Um, stress about the takedowns i know the consequence of what happened what could happen if it wants to get to the floor is quite high but the takedowns aren't great mm-hmm. you know you'd probably be advising to get in there get in the pocket and let her hands go yeah and she'll do some damage because lara takes shots mm. you know she leaves herself in that pocket long enough that she's going to take some damage and i think you know molly just should definitely have the striking to to, to win this fight agreed agreed um, i'm definitely knocking molly in molly right yeah, okay for sure so you've gone choi Valiev, yep. Edwards, and McCann yeah, so okay. far. So two more on the prelims as, as we've got it. Mike Rodriguez, Danilo Marquez next. Yeah, Rodriguez has stuttered a bit, hasn't he? Hasn't found any form, hasn't found that flow and that rhythm that, you know... His finish over, what's his name, was good though. Uh, Pragnow. 
Did you watch that? We'll watch I that did watch this. it oh, last him. time around when we were looking at Pratt Yeah. I haven't watched it this time. I watched it last time around. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, fighters live off that, you know, they get in this flow state and they get the confidence and you know, win after win after win. It's such a powerful space to be in and he just doesn't seem to be able to find that right now. Mm. Um, I don't know a lot about Marquez. I know he's a, you know, he's a big boy at 6'6 six, six and he's a, I think he's a black belt under Damian Meyer. So he's going to, he's going to have some serious ground work, ground mm. game. Um, he looked very uncomfortable in his UFC mm. debut though. I mean, he was fighting uh, Khadiz Ibrahimov, who's just a, he's a bit of a chaotic, messy fighter as, as it is. Like very aggressive, very scrappy. He did land great low kicks. I will, I will say that. Like the low kicks that he landed were probably the, the thing that, uh, the thing that got him that fight. But it, it was, he didn't look comfortable. Mm. I will say that. I, I, because I would say of who that, he is as a fighter or because he was his, you know, he's on the big stage and was he overawed by the UFC thing? I don't know. I don't know, mate. He's just not comfortable in that, in that stand-up range. He's not, I mean, he's not had many fights. I mean, he's only had 12 fights. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's not, he's still, he's still early in his career. How old is he? I mean, he, he didn't look, he didn't look particularly young either. So it, there might be a pressure there with it being, yeah, he's 35. Like he's like yeah. he's twelve wins into his twelve fights into his career. He's on a three fight win streak, and he's thirty five years old. Like it, his it's got to work now, otherwise, otherwise it's, it's, it's it? done and gone. Yeah, like that that might be a pressure. Mm. I mean, I've I've heard that from a couple of other fighters. They've been kind of like, well, you know, if this don't work out, I'm back to the oil fields or the <laughs> yeah. or the whatever else it is. You know, it's like it it, it can you can put pressure on yourself, and maybe because it was his UFC debut. Um, maybe there was a pressure there. And Ibrahimov, like I said, he's a bit of a lunatic. Mm. Like he is just wild and messy. Marquez got the wrestling to get Rodriguez on his back. I, I think so. I think so. He's got he's got decent body lock stuff from what I've seen. Trips and reaps, yeah. gets him past half guard. That's probably going to be his path to, to victory in it. If I would think so. going to make it. I mean, Rod Rodriguez is, is more, I mean, he's a good south, southpaw tie boxer. He's got wicked elbows and knees. The thing I'll say in his defense when it comes to grappling is that he works with uh, uh, Joe Lozon. And okay. like Lozon kind of took him in and like basically tuned him up as an MMA fighter mm. from a tie boxer. Um, yeah, I like Joe Lozon. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. He, 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 not that I've ever been coached by him, but he seems like he'd be a great coach. For sure. Cerebral Especially because he's kind of, yeah, I mean, he's like yeah. a veteran, but he's like a new school veteran. Yeah. Like think you think back to when Joe Lozon made his UFC debut, which blows my mind. He 11. was like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like he was eleven. He was about twenty-one, and he made his debut against Jens Pulver, who was returning to the promotion. Different decade, just well, a not different, different decade, different generation. I ran through yeah. it like wreck Jens Pulver, who was always one of my favorites. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this oh, this kid's kid's good. You know what? I'm gonna go with Marquez. Oh yeah, yeah. thirty-five. This is his shot. Back to against the wall. Go get him, mate. Go get him. Yeah, lock him in. Yeah. Put him in. I've got to roll with it. I'm just on the record while the Raptors are out. I think that's a good pick. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm used to not great picks, so we're all good. <laughs> preliminary uh, preliminary hey, main event. How is Clay How is Clay Guida still fighting? I'll tell you why. It's because he's got a big Lebowski tattoo on his back. That's why. He's chill. 39. He's super chill. Thirty nine. Yeah, but Johnson's thirty four, and he looks like he's, yeah. had, he's had a lot of hard fights. Johnson does. He never looks like he wants to be in there. In my eyes, he's had a lot of thirty fights. Thirty five fights. He's had. Yeah. yeah knocked, knocked out twice. Submitted nine times. That is not a record you see very often, is it? It's not. 
it's not, especially not in uh, not in MMA. Although there was a point where I think BJ Penn's record was 16 and 12 and he was a champ. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I'm glad he's back at lightweight. That's the first mm. thing I'll say. Because Johnson, I always thought he looked kind of unhealthy at lightweight. And when he cut down to featherweight, I was like, oh, that's, that's too far. It's going to change over time, isn't it? It's got that's to. going to change. It always... Oh, it, it, the thing is, when someone changes a weight class, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm changing weight classes because I felt like this is the right thing to do for a while and I'm going to do it now. Other times you, they're like, oh, I picked up a few losses in this weight class. Maybe I'll move a weight class and refresh my career. Mm. And almost always they move down if that's the game. Yeah, tactical, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, maybe, maybe I'll be a bigger, stronger guy in a, in a lower weight class. It just doesn't always transfer. Sometimes it's better to go up. I mean, Michael Johnson, I wouldn't say he's big enough for, for welterweight, but he's definitely too small for feather. And, and Clay Guida is just a he's just a battery pack. You need to be in full condition Amazing. just to deal with his pace. Yeah, 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 definitely. I remember how, one how of much it, how much um, pleasure has Clay Guida given us from a fighting perspective oh, mate, over uh, the years? What's his fifty five fights, thirty five and twenty? I mean, that's a that's a. That's a, a, this might a be veteran. It. This, this might be it. This might be it for both this, of them. I was thinking that. The wrestling This might slips. be it, but he is a mainstay on the UFC roster. Oh, of course he? he is. If right. anyone is, you know, if he ends up losing this to be his fourth loss, if anyone is going to get an extra shot, you'd think they would probably look after Clay Guida, right? Yeah, but look, you look at that record, though. In, since, since, since 2011, since the end of 2011, his records looked a bit like a traffic light that couldn't make his mind up. <laughs> he comes to play, doesn't he? We go. Let's let's start him off. Oh, I mean, it, let's start him off with his three fight win streak in March, in March 2010. <laughs> Triangle jaw injury against uh, win over RDA, win over Gomi, win over Pettis. Ten years Rolling. ago, then Rolling. he went lost to Henderson, lost to Maynard, beat Hayoki, lost to Mendez. That was when he went down a weight class, was it? Yeah. Uh, Heyoki at featherweight, another guy. I mean, he made featherweight a bit easier, I would say, but he didn't look quite as unhealthy. Um, lost to Mendez, beat Kawajiri, lost to Bermuda, beat Peralta, lost to uh, Thiago Tavares and Ortega, which was a fight he was all over Ortega for the first two rounds and then got caught with that knee when Ortega needed a finish in the last round. His record is like how he fights. Down, <laughs> all over the, the place. <laughs> Can't decide what I'm doing. All over here. the place. One of my favourite fights to ever to be live, in fact, it's fight of the year 2009, was when he fought Diego Sanchez to a split decision. And the best thing about that is that it was at the Pearl and the Palms, which had about 2,000 seats. And it was intimate. just like, it was intimate, bouncing. <laughs> it was bouncing. And you've got Clay Guido who just doesn't hold still. He was getting slapped around his face by his brother before he walked in. And you've got Diego Sanchez like spitting all over Full his range. face. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that was when he when he was a nightmare or a dream <laughs> or a... Somewhere in between. I don't know. I think he's a Jedi Knight now. zombie state. <laughs> but like, like, Gligweed got kicked in the head in that fight and it was like someone had put a spring in, on his ass. He just bounced back to his feet. It was amazing. What a hell of a... And another story I'll tell you about that fight is earlier in that day, because I was staying in the same hotel as the uh, as, as the fights were happening, Guida was down by the pool like six hours before the event started in the blazing Vegas sun <laughs> with his headphones on, just just sweating like, uh, like Techno Viking. But Brilliant. with too much hair. Brilliant. Oh, what a legend. What a legend. I'm, on, picking, I'm picking him on all, just on oh, yeah, old yeah. time's sake. He's a legend. Yeah. I want him to, if he's going to go out, I want him to go out on a win. And I hope he wins. I think that's a 
I think that's a tough fight for him. But, it is, you know. yeah. You it, can, you can, you know. The reality I, is, it is a tough fight in it, but Nate I do, Johnson's I do want... super quick. He was beating, he was beating the hell out of Nate Diaz until Diaz turned it around. This is his second. So he had a three-fight losing streak, right? Came back from it. Yeah. He's on a three-fight losing streak, and has he come back from it already, or is this this the one to break it? No, he's on another three-fight losing yeah. streak. But okay. maybe, maybe he would have that confidence that he can break those streaks. You know, maybe. he's done it before. Sometimes all you need is precedent to know. Maybe. Last person he knocked out was Poirier. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah. And he's got he's got a win over Barbosa. Like Melvin Gallard was a big puncher. Um Tibau, Lozon. Tony yeah, Ferguson, he's got a win like a, over this him. This is actually looking like a bit of a shaky pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll go I'm still I'm still sticking with him. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna stick with him. Okay. Old time's sake. Okay. History of the sport. Old timers' sake. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd go the opposite yeah. way out of hair jealousy alone, to and be honest. And he's, uh, you know, he's older than me and still fighting in the UFC, so I'll give him that. <laughs> is, he, is he older than me? Yeah, well, unless he unless he's two days older than me. Okay, that's good then. Bearing in mind our birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, lock him in. Okay. Love him. Love okay. Clay. Right, main card time. Yeah. What a banger to open up the main card this is. Darius Fajaya. Fajaya? Yeah. Carlos Diego Fajaya. Wow. Rematch. Yeah, revenge fight, right? Revenge fight. What did Darius won the first one by decision, right? Yeah. And and he's on a five-fight win streak. So what they're ranking at 10th and 13th. So quite quite pertinent. Whoever sort of wins this is going to do themselves some favours in the rankings. Yep. Um, three... Fight of the nights in a row. Yep. Darush. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Wait. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know. Did he set that one on short notice? He may have done. I'm not sure, but he's an he incredibly exciting fighter. Right? He is. He is. Yeah. Very slick. Great grappler. Really, really high level uh, black belt. His striking's improving constantly. But then you look at the last three wins in particular that uh, Fahir's had. So Choked he's, out he's, Pettis. He looked he's great. He's only lost a. Poirier and obviously and Darius. D- Darius. Yeah. Mm. So that puts that, him in a good been, position, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Like you think if he, <laughs> yeah, if if he if he gets a win here, he's avenged his fight against Darius, and then he's only lost then is to Poirier, and then he's cemented himself up in that top mm. ten as well. Yeah, and a win over Darius is the kind of fight that gets you the respect of everybody else in the division. Because none of those guys want Darius on the other end of the phone when they're getting a contract. Like you're fighting. Oh. Yeah. All right then. It's gonna be a hard one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some really, work. really important for his career. I think this yeah. is a really important fight for him, isn't it? Almost, you know, it's important. A bit to, of a crossroads. To, yeah, important to both sides, of course. But seventeen and two, though. I mean, he's oh, he's thirty six. Mm. Same sort of thing, isn't it? Like still young, still at loads. You, of time. You're in the top ten. Yeah, third degree black belt. You need to keep this train mm. rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Which way are you going? I mean, we know both of these guys I mean, pretty well. Yeah, it's razor thin, right? What's it, what I find interesting is that Dariush is a is an absolute killer on the mat, and Fahir's a third degree black belt mm. has never been submitted in MMA. So, f- first of all, I think to myself, well, knowing Dariush and knowing the kind of fighter that he is, he's going to want to try and sub him just to prove a point. I think because he's. A, Every now and then you'll have a conversation with a fighter and, and there's something about their character that presents itself and you're like, oh, okay, I get, I understand why you're doing this now. 
Like you're trying to prove something to yourself as well yeah, as everybody okay. else. And and he's a he's a he's like a very he's a very very intelligent individual. Like you can just tell that by talking to him how he breaks everything down. You know, black belt, uh, black. Uh, well, I mean, black belt in Muay Thai is not not a thing, but Rafael Cordero. Um, and then a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well. Like you, you've got to think that uh, you've got to think he's coming this is in. Razor thin, isn't it? He's coming in to get a finish here. Mm. There's, there's no way that he's not. I mean, you look at his last few fights as well. Like he's making a point of finishing guys. Knocked out Holzman with a spinning back fist. Knocked out Drakkar close. Choked out Camacho and triangled Doba. And then he's got a decision win over Moises. Is another good good win. I mean, I've got him down as my pick. I do have him down as my pick. Darius, yeah. Mm. I think I want to stick. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with him. If that missed weight was off short notice, maybe that gives him a little bit of an excuse. Yeah. I think I'm going to, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to lock him in. I think I'll go with him. I, just, I remember watching that fight with uh, Fahir and Tysimov at 242. And I, I like, like Tysimov, I've always considered him to be one of the best on the roster. And he and he just he like just walked in and just commanded the whole arena hmm. and Fahir just was just not having any of it. He was he was a dog backed up against the yeah, wall. Yeah, right. Trying to sway me back the other way now. Yeah, razor thing. I'm, I'm, I'll go with what I uh, I'll go with what I put down in ink. I'll okay. go with Darius. Okay. Go on then. Stamen Ewell. Well, first of all, you'll beat a guy called Rick James. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I could find. It actually genuinely made me chuckle. I'm Rick James, bitch. You'd have Charlie Murphy in the corner, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, but... Uh, but you he, know he's also got a loss to someone called Patchy Mix. Wow. Cheers, cheers, mum. Cheers, dad. Patchy Mix. Fights out of Jackson Wink. Oh, and go. he's 13 and 1. You've got to be with a name like that. Everyone's going to want to fight you. Um, I think Stamen's good. Yeah. I think Stamen's really good, yeah. He took Song Yidong to a draw. Yes. And I think we both agree Song Yidong will definitely figure in that division in the next few years. He's still 20, mm-hmm. I want to say. Mm-hmm. He's got to be around there, 20, Which is ridiculously young. And he's already yeah. showing a huge skill set and... Yeah. Um, and an exuberance that only a twenty-year-old could probably uh, probably have. Um, so look, he took it. He took him to a draw. He it, strikes it, like a wrestler, doesn't he? It, caveat: It may have been a loss had Song not had the point deducted in the uh, first okay. round for the knee. Hmm. But you know, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the only thing you got to bear in mind. Like yeah. Song was just—he's just a handful for everybody. Yeah, he's, he is. He's a, he's a, I can't wait to see what happens with him. Mm. He's got to be. He's just outside the top ten now, right? I think so. Yeah. I think I so. seems to think he was 13th. He's a real good student as yeah. well. 14th. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real good student as well. He was there when I, when I went over to see Dean at the PI and uh, like he was he was like getting like annoyed, not like to the point where he was frustrated, but annoyed with himself that he couldn't get this bit of footwork that I was working. Right. And he just kept practicing and practicing and practicing. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I like to see you, that if you, individual. You know, if you're at that PI, there's there's literally no excuses. No. You've no. got everything you could possibly no. want. Um. Yeah. My concern with well, my concern with both of these guys, my concern with Stamen is that since he's joined the UFC, he's not stopped anybody. And I mean, I feel I feel bad for him getting the Suloev stretch against him against Sterling. Um, but that's the only time he's had a fight that's not been to the fight to the distance. 
like where Duke, uh, Duke and Wah and Caraway, and they're both split decisions. And then Alejandro Perez unanimous decision, Kelleher decision. I'm not saying they're not gr- they're not good wins. It's like a double edged sword, isn't it? So, the, the you know you, you're going into that fight to win the fight. So if you have to win by decision, you sort of have to win by decision. That's not the that's not the ideal outcome. But depending on where you are in your career, it is good to be logging that octagon time. It's just in there. It's in the bank. You're gaining experience. You know those those minutes are being sort of piled up in in the log. Yeah, but. Any fighter no. that says they're happy winning by decision every time is lying. Yeah. Like, you want sparking people out highlight reels. You want slamming people to the mat, choking them that out. Gets you, that kind of yeah. gets you on the highway to the, to the stars, doesn't it? There's not, there's not a guy on the USC roster that doesn't really want that. Like, yeah. if you could go, look, you can get 10 decisions in a row or, or you know, 10 first-round stoppages. What do you yeah, want? Yeah, all day. All day. Like, you a lot of people are probably even take a take a nine and one record if they can get stoppages over over decisions. Yeah. It's like sometimes you've got to roll the dice, and that's what's going to make you stand out. And unfortunately, when you're a fighter that goes to the to a decision most of the time, it it, it gives these high level fighters a lot of time to catch you. Mm. Which happens when you fight. I mean, like Aljamain Sterling caught him. I mean, a Sulev stretch is a very unusual submission to get. Like his his defense for everything standard is very good not everything's standard at this top level of MMA. And if you're going to crack that top 10, top 15, especially top five, you've got to A, be stopping people before they get the the opportunity to stop you. Or B, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a, at least at least be impactful enough with your shots to start shutting people's uh, games down. And I don't, I don't feel like Stamen's either of those. But then for whatever reason, when I picture Andre Ewell in my head, I can't see him on conscious legs. I always see him doing that kind of weird dance where he's about to go down. He's got, you know, a couple of split decision wins he's coming off, Jonathan Martinez and Erwin Rivera. But I, I, I just remember him being so susceptible to big shots. Yeah. You think Stamer's got big shots in him to, to Rocky him? Or it do you looks think like he's gonna... mystery's nodding. It looks yeah. like he's built like he should. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's built like yeah. a He-Man figure. Like you, yeah, I've got it. you've got his reach though. He seems like he's... He seems like oh, he's, he's definitely got raptor arms. Hasn't he? T-Rex arms. Yeah. He's no yeah. not leave the ground if he was doing push-ups. No. Yeah. I, I'm swayed a little bit towards Stamen. A little bit. Dude, oh, it is a good job you called that out. Holy shit. Listen to this. Super sure. Listen to this. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown because there's a lot of a lot of similarities. So 19, 3 and 1 for Stamen, 17 and 6 for Yule. So about the same kind of experience. Average fight time, 14.13 for Stamen, 14.35 for Ewell. Right. Reach for Andre Ewell, 75, which is the same as mine. Reach for Stamen, 64. He has an 11-inch reach He's advantage. He's basically got forearms. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's got forearms attached to his shoulder joint. That's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? That's thought that, but if you look at his somatotype, it is just condensed, right? I don't want to look at his somatotype. Well, you know... Why not? <laughs> you spend your life looking at him. What are you talking about? You, you know the the way he's built. He's like thick. Is he a, is he a mesomorph? He's, con- he's seriously is he, is he mesomorphic? Seriously is mesomorphic. Not endomorphic. He's no, a bit no, bigger no. on the yeah, skin. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I can compete with these he boys. Knows. It's all good. It's all good. He knows proprioceptive um, neuromuscular facilitation. That's the one I always throw in when I'm talking to someone that's educated. I've told him that before. Yeah, I don't forget um, things though. I don't, I don't know what it means, but um, go on then. Yeah, what do you reckon? I think 
I think it's going to be a I think it's fifteen minute fight. Uh, yeah, I think sure. I think it's Stamen. It's not it's not a particularly attractive fight, is it? It's not a particularly attractive fight. I think Stamen might might try and like wrestle him, mm, grind him up against pound. the fence, head position, foot yeah. stomps, drag him down, beat him up on the floor a bit. Yeah. Otherwise, he's going to be running onto those seventy five inch reach arms. That's <laughs> right. a massive reach advantage. Mm. I'm, I'll go Stamen. I think he's going to wrestle. Oh, I'm yeah. going to wrestle, grind. And uh, I think he'll get the win. But forty six forty six percent takedown accuracy for Stamen compared to seventy three percent takedown defense for Ewell. Do you have to do that after I've locked the picket? Of course I do. That's part of the part is of the that fun. part of the uh, strategy. Although I will say I will say Stamen's average takedowns is three three per fifteen minutes. So it's like he's taking people down mm. once around. He's got no submission attempts there. But then Andre Ewell doesn't take people down either. Look, it's well established you're not going to sway me. And that is not a particularly attractive fight. But the next one, it's going to be Oh, awesome. you're moving us on, are you? I'm moving you on. I've locked maybe it in I'm already. Ready I, to move you're on. trying to, you maybe know, I'm, maybe I'm trying dwelling. to get up in my, in my mind. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm dwelling happening. on Ewell. <laughs> it's not happening. But this next one is definitely happening. This is a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. <laughs> and we have decided that it's Cape. 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 Manel Cape. I guarantee you one thing in Japan, they will say Cape. Yeah. Not Cape, but we'll go with Cape. So that seems to be the accepted practice, yeah. right? I'm I'm going on I'm going on Mike Swick here. If if you're wrong, Mike Swick, and you it's shouldn't be fault. because he trains at your gym. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it's your fault. Yeah, I, I was listening to the to the rising um uh, enunciations and there's no way that uh, Yeah. Cape Yeah, yeah, that is definitely ah. definitely the way that the Japanese language works. That'll be two yeah. that'll be two syllables, Cape. Yeah. Um, this is not a nice welcome to the UFC. No, it's not at all, is it? It's not. But but on the flip side, he was the reserve fight to yeah. fighter for the title fight. <laughs> he's so upset someone. Yeah, I mean, he, he's line. basically in a similar situation to Michael Chandler came yeah, into right. the lightweight so, division. Okay, let's see what these champions are like. Mm. And Pantoja's up there and has always been up there, and it's kind of he's kind of ran aground a little bit. What is he ranked number five? But he's like the guys that he's lost to are. Like Figueredo and Askarov, they're the guys that are above him. I I love him. I think I, he, I uh, think he's yeah. really really good. He's had some. He's fought some really tough guys. He, he's his sort of record is really well round, isn't it? He's had a couple of decisions, a split decisions. He's KO people, TKO people. He's sub people. He's got a nice breadth of, of skill yeah. set. Um, he's thirty, I think. Mm-hmm. He's sort of in the you know he's in the prime. I think 30. he's I think he's great. Mm-hmm. He, he beat Marino. Yep. You know, that, that, that's a that's a big win for him. He's, yep. he's had a crack at the champ, you know, unsuccessfully, but I think he'll get back there. I really, really like him. I think he's going to be great, and I think he's a horrible um, welcome to the UFC for for Cape. Mm. Interesting point on Cape that on. we discussed before this is in Rising, you can fight in shoes. Yeah. But you can't head kick. Yeah. So I'm assuming that if you decide to take your shoes, you, you decide you don't want to fight in shoes, you can head kick. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but he's. I mean, you can see that the reason that he's chosen to wear shoes in 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 the fights where he can is is because he's so explosive. He needs yeah. some purchase on the canvas. Really explosive. Yeah. Like when he fought Horiguchi, he wasn't wearing shoes in the Horiguchi fight, and he was often on his on the floor because he was throwing kicks and falling over. Right. Okay. So I think he, I think it was kind of a trade off of like ah, I won't I won't throw 
until yeah. he kicks out. Because I mean, like he's he's got good wrestling, he's got good grappling, he's he's very chaotic in the way that he approaches things. He reminds me a lot. Like I was watching him last night and it was getting late and I was a bit tired, and it was starting to merge with Charles Crazy Horse Bennett. <laughs> Right. Like like his fights in, in, in Japan were a lot like that, where he was dealing with someone that didn't really quite understand his athleticism and speed and chaos. And he was catching guys with big, wild shots Yeah, just because of the angles he was he was coming at and the speed he was able to cover those angles at. You don't... It, with Japanese athletes, you don't necessarily... It's definitely not with the same prevalence as, as other countries. You don't find that super-fast twitch athlete. No. They just don't. Like Horiguchi is a bit monsters of a, Yeah, yeah. We'll go all day, anytime you want. You don't tend to find those really fast twitch mm. type two A explosive guys. So that's why that's why the fight against Horiguchi was interesting because he is super quick. Mm. He is very very fast, Horiguchi, and yeah. they were able to kind of match each other. And that was a weird fight because there was a clash of heads, and honestly, it was a bad enough clash of heads that the fight should have just been stopped there because Horiguchi was clearly concussed from it. Yeah. Um, but was that in Japan? Of course. Yeah. Okay. He's Enough said. He was still on his feet. Yeah. And even that doesn't matter sometimes. <laughs> what did you what did the refs do over there when uh, was it back in Pride Days? It was in all of in Give all up. of them. Yeah. In, in all of the Give up. It, it was a, it was a weird like when I was fighting in uh, in Cage Force over there and like I, I was fighting Monra in the second round of the tournament and he had he was triangles for days. So it was oftentimes I'm like you know how I like to get deep into a yeah. submission for I escape. I'm like trying to squeeze out of this triangle and I've got my face is like smushed up against the inside of his thigh and I'm like struggling to breathe. And at the same time, you've got this this latex glove in your finger. And he's going, <laughs> give up, give up. I'm you like, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but you're not helping, you know. It's like the putt at the end of the up is the question mark. Give up, give up, give up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it is, it's a, a different culture over there when it comes to competition. And I don't know, I don't know whether, I, I don't know whether Man Manel, Cap's gonna gonna transition over quite as well to the UFC because he is very chaotic. Mm. Like there was even a point when they clashed heads, or no, he got poked in the eye when he was fighting Horiguchi. Like he was like standing at the rope, like doing, and somebody from the crowd shouted something at him, and he just he just stuck his finger up at them. <laughs> and and then like all of the promos that they've done with Rising, they've, like there was one where um, his most recent opponent, the guy he's just knocked out in the in the rematch. What's his name? Um, Asakura. Oh, okay, yeah. So like they fought the first time and Asakura won by decision. The, when when they were lining up the rematch, the the clip was him sitting in the ring, uh, aka with the laptop in front of him. And when he got this call out, he just stood up and just stomped the laptop, just <laughs> smashed it to pieces. I'm just, Especially for Japanese TV. Yeah, right. I mean, it might yeah, have been a bit perfect. of a bit of promo, but he's definitely a bit wild. There's definitely a, a, a craziness to him. But then that's matched in Pantoja. One of the reasons why I like him. Yeah. He's a maniac. Yeah. He's got that craziness, that wildness in his eyes. I remember calling his fight against Neil Seary. And he was just like, he's just got this. He's, 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 he's got Askarov. An, was it Askarov? Yeah. That was an amazing fight. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I got a load of shit for it, but he was my wild card pick for um, for champ by the end of the year, Pantoja. Well, I'm definitely locking him in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's very exciting, but yeah, yeah, at the same he's... time, he does leave himself vulnerable. Has he ever been can stopped? You see, can you he's see never him been as stopped. Yeah, he's only ever lost by decision. Yeah, right? he's never been stopped, and he's fought some punches. He as can't, well. He kind of is one of those guys I can imagine him being the champ. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Not, not locked in, but I can just about imagine him. You know, if he puts puts a few more together, gets another crack. You know, that could be his that could be his time. Yeah, I I, I felt the reason that he he lost to Figueredo when they when they fought the first time around was just because Figueredo was a bit more patient mm. and 
and Pantoja does put himself at risk in order to land sometimes, which if you're fighting someone like Cap, who's got big power. Yeah, yeah. Nah, lock him in. Yeah, Pantoja so Pantoja, okay. Definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, we're almost at the co-main. So Renault against Macy Chasson. Oh, Chasson is awkward, isn't she? Awkward. Really awkward. All, all elbows and knees. Yeah. Like, it kind of feel like no matter what part of it you hit, it would hurt you more. Yeah. I kind of get that vibe yeah. from her. She was very frustrated in that, uh, that loss to Landsberg. Like she's she's clearly got big expectations for herself, mm. but then like like you like such different ends of their career, like Chasson's seven fights in six and one, at twenty nine years old, and then on the flip side you've got Marion Renault who's been a PE teacher for about a lot about the same length of time she's been alive. Forty three, really tough and really durable, tough, right? talented, experienced, black belt 11, Brazilian jiu jitsu now. Eleventh, tenth or eleventh fight in the UFC, I think. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, and been in there with some of the best as well, you know, and like, and has, has given good accounts of herself. Like, mm. I remember when she was going in against Holly Holm, I mean, that was that was like half a career ago now. But like, I remember her giving a hell of a fight to Holly yeah. Holm. She gave Raquel Pennington a hell of a fight. Mm. Yeah. You know, Raquel's tough. Um, All decisions, look, she's, mm. she's like, she stopped Sarah McMahon with a triangle. She stopped Talita Bernardo. She stopped Dudieva. And then she's, she's only lost by decision. Stop Jessica Andrade. She's fought some solid, solid people, but I think she's on the three fight skid. And Macy is a tough and awkward, isn't she? You'd be better to you'd be better to input here, but I feel like um, May a couple of times I saw Macy sort of close the distance with looping hooks and her head out in front. Mm. It's going to annoy some people that went that close to the mic. <laughs> looping hooks and her head was right. She was sort of leading with her head. I was wondering, you know, like Marion's been around long enough whether she'll pick that and she'll, you know, she'll throw a couple of straight punches and catch her on the way in. I, I think I think Marion Renault's smart enough to know that if she get if she's backing up, and this is a lesson that she should have learned against Holly Holm because this is how she was getting caught. She needs to. She should realize that if she's backing up, she's gonna get chased down and caught on the end of Chasson's punches. And mm. there is a there is a reach advantage of four inches for yeah. Chasson, like what five inches in height, four inches in reach. Like she'll make that count. The smartest thing for Renault to do, as you said, as Chasson's coming forward with those big looping punches, will be to tuck up and then just level change and and get a body lock. Because mm, okay. once she's got that body lock on and she's locked in. I mean, she's got that that adult strength that is probably just about yeah. to approach M Macy when she gets into her thirties. Like she'll get that body lock clamped and start working those outside reaps. She might be all over on the ground. We haven't seen Macy off her back that much, have we? Not really. Not really. Yeah, I can't remember seeing her deal with deal with a top game that Marion could could bring that right. She's got that in absolutely. In, she could in her arsenal. Yeah, I mean, she's got two wins by submission, but but her her ground game by comparison. It's it's going to be specifically tailored for MMA, yeah. But he's definitely going to be a little bit behind, um, uh, uh, behind Marion Renault. Yeah. I'm just looking to see if there were any any fights in the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, she won by Rene Kichoke against Pani Kienzad. I mean, if Macy manages the distance right, she uses that she uses that reach advantage. This should be her fight. Mm. You know, she's yeah. explosive enough, long enough awkward enough to to pick her apart i think yeah i mean the, the reason that she lost to lena landsberg was because landsberg switched it up and took her down yeah like 
in most of Landsberg's fights, she, I mean, she's the elbow queen, like she's a tie boxer. So that probably caught her by surprise. I mean, she may be expecting more of a grappling approach from Renault, but it doesn't mean she can stop it. She's still mm. so young in her career, six and one. And then you look at the fighters. I know it's a three fight losing streak, but you look at who she's been fighting. Everyone, right? You know, when it, whenever she's fought anyone that's not been, not been a like a a, a high level striker, a high level fighter in this weight class, she's always done well. Yeah, I think it's Macy's to win. It is, it is Macy's to win. It is, it's closer than I thought it would be. As we talk it out, it seems like it's getting mm. closer and closer, but I think it is Macy's to win. It's Macy's fight to win and your pick to lose. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I mean, quite, you, know. you know, I quite like Renault. I think she's she's good, solid, experienced fighter. Um, let's lock in Macy. Okay. Yeah. Go with it. Not happy with that, are you? I don't care, mate. It's your picks. Elbows. Cut. Your picks. Yeah, by yeah. cut. Go on then. I've, oh. I've just recorded the war rooms for these two, so make sure you look out for those on the channel. Go on, San Hagen, <laughs> right. Edgar. I'll tell you a little story. So I was coming back from Tokyo one night on the train. I'm going to eat a protein bar while you tell me. Very, story. very early. Nice the mic. It's the first train back, which makes you basically think about how badly your life is going because if you're getting the first train back Hang in on, the morning the, the first, that means you've been after you've been night. out all night <laughs> you start having a few problems internally about what's going on with your life anyway it's the first train back i'm not in i'm not in my best shape you know i've, I've, I've looked better but i've had i've had a good night the sun's coming up which is another thing that makes you question your life and then i'm sat on the train is that why it's the land of the rising sun maybe yeah because you're sitting on the first train back yeah. when you've got oh god what am still I doing? drunk and hung over at the same time yeah so anyway, I'm on the train. There's a Yakuza dude, genuine Yakuza dude, the opposite side of the train. It's just me and him. Um, suit, earphones in. Fingers missing. Sleeve tattoos, spot it a mile off. Anyway, he is absolutely off his head. He's got his earphones in. He's going like this. And he's chewing at the same time. And this goes on for 40 minutes non-stop, like it's a cardio workout. It's going bang. The first thing I thought of this fight was, that's the same tempo this fight's going to be at. It's just going to be like this. <laughs> just, for, just for 25 minutes. It was amazing. Um, and it's exactly how I think the tempo of this is going to go. Yeah. I'm a massive Sanhagen fan. I think, uh, you know, I just think he's, he's close to having it all locked down, pretty much. Physically, he looks... Do you know what he walks around at? He's, I don't, but he, he doesn't cut a massive amount He looks amount really of comfortable at that weight. Yeah. Like he, he looks like yeah. that. This is definitely his weight to be at. 5'11 at bantamweight yeah. as well. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be really pushing himself to make that weight, which obviously frees up all of that time to concentrate on his training and his, his energy management. Um, long, lean, highly skilled. You can see that he's very, very well trained. He... like we, we We've talked about this a lot before about why you switch stances from orthodox to southpaw he does it for the right reasons for sure he completely understands why he's doing it and he does it in a fluid manner where he's doing it within combinations and for me because of our conversations that's the first thing i see for uh, first thing i look for when i see that uh, it makes me think they definitely understand what they're doing mm. He'll, you know, he'll start the combination orthodox and he'll change the space and manipulate the space by changing his stance within that combination. Whereas some people we've talked about recently is they'll 
they'll close the distance, throw a couple of strikes, come out, change the stance and go back in, which isn't necessarily doing what they think it's doing. They're just changing the stance because it's now called exactly. change your stance. And it's the evolution of the sport. I've got to do it, but they're not doing it for the right reasons. They're just changing their stance, right? Exactly. And that is definitely not the case with Corey no. for sure. No. He utilizes those steps through too well. And it's like, like if, if you look at Frankie Edgar's footwork, and Henny's and his boxing skills. Like if you go into a into an old school boxing gym in New Jersey and you ask them to teach you basics. That already makes me smile. When you think about that, it makes me smile. Because they're cool places. Old school We've boxing been in a few of them. New, I know. In, I know. in New Jersey. But but if you but if you like if that they're your only options because MMA schools aren't a thing when Frankie Edgar's starting out. Yeah. As they were, you're a wrestler that's now going to learn boxing. So you're being taught boxing to box, not to mm. MMA. And Unfortunately for Edgar, like he learned all of that footwork, which served him so well throughout the most of his career. But now he's getting to the stage where he's now starting to have to adapt his own footwork to keep up. Like he had a bad habit of crossing his feet at one point, and and Aldo punished him badly for mm. it. The 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 thing that he's finding now is that as he's taking on these younger younger fighters that are that are learning MMA together, they're understanding that. I'm punching you in this direction. And if you go over there, there's no point in me pivoting on my back foot and turning into a same orthodox stance. I can go bang, bang, bang. I move my back foot forward and I'm already on your yeah. front foot. Yeah. And and if you've got two fighters working like that, you can get that space between them, which stays fairly consistent. Whereas if you have one fighter that's moving with a slower footwork, the other one's going to catch it up eventually. Going to either force it into a corner or walk it onto th something. These are some of my favorite conversations we've had is about is about that evolution of, of footwork and how the whole of the octagon is being manipulated by, by the guy that truly understands it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, in probably in my opinion, I reckon Corey's probably doing it better than most people yeah. in, the, in the sport. I haven't seen anyone really that is doing it to, to that level. He, he just fights in a way that makes him look like he doesn't understand footwork because it's not traditional movement patterns. Mm. But his movement for MMA is, is much better. And he doesn't, he's not always adamant on controlling the space as well. Sometimes it'll allow someone to work in his direction and he'll move off and find his way in as they as they attack him, which which is also a massive benefit for someone like Frankie Edgar. Because Frankie's good at two things. He's good at moving laterally and countering and wrestling and 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 you know, keeping that level change with the jab consistent. So you you know, when you see him move, you're like, ah, lower my hands, bang, bang, bang lift my hands up, now he's in on my legs. Like that pace that Frankie Edgar brings is, is really useful. He must be slowing down a touch. He, he has he to be. It's just natural. He must be slowing down a touch. And that was such a key point of difference for him that if that starts waning a touch, you know, that's... I hate seeing him get hurt. He just... Yeah. He's, such a, he's such a... He's a, a bit of an icon of the sport, right? He's, he's that tough, proper tough like proper tough. Mm. Some of those some of those wins where he came back from just getting mate, those grey Maynard with, fights. With grey, right? He just got beaten up and came back to win it. And you couldn't help but sort of, you know, fall in love with that that archetype of who he was. But he's definitely getting slower. And I just don't like I don't like. He does that you know when he gets caught, he does that stiff stiff sort of stiff leg and he pauses almost yeah. for a second and then he you know he carries on. It's I almost have to turn away because I don't want to see him get I don't want to see him get hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, You're going with with Sandhagen, aren't you? I can feel it. I'm definitely going to go with Sandhagen. Yeah. The the other point too is I think he's in Colorado and he's got that Colorado cardio, right? Colorado. Colorado, <laughs> amazing. Trademark. Gen I'm having that. Gen I genuinely, I genuinely. Someone's going to use that um, now and open up a spin studio or something. <laughs> aren't they? In Colorado, 
Um, I, like, genu- I genuinely did this. That's a great idea. There's a, it did a treadmill test, a maximal treadmill test. 30 seconds on, 20 seconds off, as many times you can at set speed, many times you can. I did it in um, Ottawa for a week, three times a week. Then I went to, and then we went to Colorado for two weeks and did it three times a week, three times a week for two weeks in Colorado, many as I can. I think I probably got to maybe 10 in a row in Colorado. Then we went to New York the week after, so dropped down to sea level, 22 on the bounce. So I'd just, I'd just been hammering myself at, at um, obviously at altitude, dropped down, there might be a little bit of placebo effect here, so I knew this was going to happen. Dropped down to sea level in New York and just hammered it out. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Was that the same trip where you lost about 1,600 pounds leaving your roaming 12, charges? 1,200 roaming charges. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell what. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, definitely something in it. I mean, Frankie Edgar's always had like unquestioned condition yeah. anyway. I don't, I don't think, and it, this is 15 minutes because it's co-main. Both should be a walk in the park. It for should both be a walk in the park for both. Despite the tempo, they're probably going to set for each other. Yeah. You wouldn't think that's going to be a problem. You've got to um, get out the gate quick if you're Frankie though. Yeah. Like if, if Frankie just comes and, and like, like you know when he, when he fought Yaya Rodriguez and everyone saw that matchup and they were like, oh, like, I think maybe this is the end of Frankie's career. Because you just felt like, like, that's his MO, right? Just, exactly. Write me off. Exactly. Just write me off. You just felt yeah. like Yaya Rodriguez was going to do some spinning three sixty heel kick and just knock him out, and then that would be the end of Frankie's, uh, the end of Frankie's run. And he just he just manhandled Yaya mm. Rodriguez. He might do that here with with Corey. He might come in. He might clamp onto his legs, force him to the canvas, and then keep stacking him. In which case, that height and reach then just makes you like uncomfortable you just get I mean, cumbersome i mean son hagen's takedown d and his work once he's been taken down he's, he's pretty good right yeah just consistently constantly switching hips and moving and making it very very difficult to pin him down he does sometimes have to dig himself out of a rough first round though. right and if frankie and he starts got, he got fast caught, he got caught early by uh Aljamain, right he did which uh, yeah and, and alcantara was all over him yeah. he subbed him in the first as well yeah yeah, no, I, I I love him. I think he's yeah yeah. I think he's really good, and I'd like to see him go up and and contest for for the gold. Yeah, choose him with your heart. I hate. I see. Same as the Connor fight, right? <laughs> it went well that time. You got so much shit no. for that. It was hilarious. <laughs> Come on, main event then. Heavyweights, heavyweight veterans. Ooh. Right, go on. That is one of the most ridiculous records I've ever seen. It's got to be in MMA, right? Bajanski, Badass, Bong, Saki, Ertz, Vitor, Shogun, Chuck, Mia, Krokop, Hunt, Brock. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like he's fought everyone worth fighting, basically. And he's beaten a lot of them. Yeah. And he's and he constantly reinvents himself. Yeah. Like, like he starts out as a Dutch kickboxer, then he's a guillotine wizard. Then he's a weird kind of counterpuncher boxer where he's like doing this kind of weird shifting. Now he's a grappler and ground and pounder. It seems weird like someone's gone, do you know what guillotines are? And he's gone, "Hmm, yeah, I do. (laughs) Fuck, I'm going to get really good at that. And he just does that for a bit. Yeah. And then he finds something else, he does that for a bit. But obviously what it's ended up being is he's super well-rounded and everything. He does confuse me though. And we we, we touched on this privately the other day. So as you go up through skill set, obviously your reaction to a stimulus becomes just enough to counter that stimulus. But he seems to react to stuff quite a lot. So if, if someone sort of closes the distance and throws some hands at him, he'll 
he'll slip out the way, but he'll slip out the way by about three foot mm. when he could slip out the way by about a couple, you know, a few inches. And it confuses me because it doesn't see, it seems to me that by his level of experience and skill set, he would have that down. He would just do the minimum amount to nullify the attack. Yeah. Or he's been hit so much that he, he'd rather <laughs> not get hit again. But the thing is, the margin for error at heavyweight is obviously, you know, it, it's, it's much narrower because these guys, I mean, look at like the, the Gizinho fight. Look at that fifth round, 456. He was four seconds away from winning that fight yeah. comfortably on scorecards. Like when you know the margin for error is so narrow. And, Don't take the risk. Yeah. And, you've, and you're fighting guys that are very awkward. Like, I mean, every single one of those fighters that he's faced is, is an awkward striker. Like Rosenstrike is fairly fairly well polished which is why he was able to stay away from him for mm. almost 25 minutes yeah. but then Olenek looks like he's punching I don't know it looks like he's got those balloons on his hand <laughs> like he's just kind of awkward and just weird and Walt Harris as well has not got a traditional skill set he's always moving around and doing weird things Sakai had quite a, quite a nice systematic approach but then you know yeah I, I, I think I think if he's fighting someone that that has got movement patterns that are unfamiliar to him. He gives him a bit more space, yeah, and I okay. think that's why he's. I think that's why he's so good at decision making in MMA, which is why he's still in the sport as it is. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, he's got, he's been knocked out, but it's been by the biggest punches in the division, like Rosenstrike and Garnu. Stipe stopped him, and you can't say Stipe's not a big puncher. Yeah, he got taken down by Blades and stopped on the floor with elbows, but then went to Blades' camp. Which is also Colorado, right? So he's got that Colorado. Colorado, you know, circling back around to what you're saying, watching his watching his physique change over the years as he as he go through his career, horse meat and no horse meat, and a bit more horse meat and a little bit less horse meat. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. And 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 then for me especially, it was it was interesting to see what that then did to what he could do in the octagon because. And how it changed his style. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other day I watched him against Chuck and he comes out in the tie stance and he's super springy. Like he's super springy. Every time, every time Chuck came anywhere close to him, he would throw a knee and it'd yeah. be like lightning. And he was, you know, he was kind of lighting kicking, Chuck up for a little bit. Kicking the mic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting excited. Whole table it's fine. It's fine. Even my mic moved there. get to the main event, I get excited about it. That's it. You're banging on the table next time. I will, yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah, he was yeah, very he was. elastic, wasn't yeah. he? And then he just went... He had a much more different physique, a much more <sighs> different physique. But then he came in and it, when he was fighting Mir and, and when he was fighting Brock in particular, I mean, that was just that was a different individual. Like, like you imagine if you could stand like K1 over him. And I'm talking about early days K1 yeah. as well because he kind of returned to K1 when he was the Hulk. Um, but like if you stand those two people next to one another, they just don't, they don't look like the same individual. No, and his brother as well, Valentin Overeem, he's a monster. He was a little bit earlier than than Alistair in, in, in the MMA scene. But Valentin Overeem had a, had a real name around Europe, mm. was, a, was a, a scary individual, but then brought Alistair in and trained him up. And The best thing about that Chuck fight is when Dana gets in the ring afterwards. Dana's, yeah. Dana's got like... A th- I've got a massive bowl patch here and the rest of his hair. He's young and he's like, oh, he's got a suit that doesn't quite fit him. You know, so it was amazing. It was pretty, he would have been Chuck's agent at the time, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he would have been acting as Chuck's agent yeah. based on his relationship with the UFC. Yeah. Kind of like when, when they went over to Pride and Chuck fought uh, Rampage as well. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was cool, man. I enjoyed watching those Pride days. Were Love it. Oh, man, the crowd. Wild West. 
the entrances and the crowds. I know everyone's, you know, it's a bit of a cliche. Everyone sort of talks about it, don't they? But yeah. it was uh, it was a bit different, wasn't it? Yeah. Very like, cool. Imagine that if you look at all the all the walkouts that Overeem's done, the different versions of walkouts. Yeah. Like he's got he's gone from walking out the Saitama Super Arena with ninety thousand people when he's basically three hundred pounds of of sea biscuit. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like massive and scary and superhuman looking, and there's like ninety thousand people in the in the crowd that are looking at him like he's Superman. And now he's walking out in the apex, fighting baby giraffe, who's oh going to be a real I pain in the ass to fight. Love to go back to the Saitama Arena and, too, and watch mate. something like that. I always wanted to fight Gomi in there. Yeah, that was my dream. I was up. so close. Set it up. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the rising gloves already. Sign me up. I think. Go on, pick it. Well, not quite. We haven't talked about Volkov yet. But oh, okay. I think I can't see Volkov as the champ. I think right. he's got a good skill set, and I like him as a fighter, but. There's a there's a, a numerous number of fights where he should have finished those fights. He was dominant enough in those fights where he should be finishing that fight if you're going to take this through to the next echelon of being you know being the champ. Still going. Um, you know he's put he's put a lot of people under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And he hasn't found a way to to finish. And and that's I think that's what makes me think I, I can't picture him as being the champ. No, not feeling. I I understand what you mean, and I know what you mean. the the problem The problem with this division is that everybody everybody in it has got hands. Mm. They've got heavy hands. Like the Derek Lewis fight, obviously, he was he was on his way to a victory there, and then got caught with a big punch. And I would say, of all the people in this division, Derek Lewis is not the fastest when it comes to punching. Yeah, like Ngannou could cover that distance much quicker. I would say Rosenstrike can as well. Stipe has got great footwork and uh, and boxing, and you know for sure he's 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 going to be able to find his way inside and clinch with him. But the 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 fact that he's taller than most of these guys, and the fact that he knows how to fight like a tall fighter, mm. he's is aggressive and he takes a yeah. the octagon and he puts a lot of pressure on people. Like that, I mean, that fight against against Walt Harris was a bit of a different version of him. Like he, he like when he came into the UFC, was it Tim Johnson? Yeah, I, I remember calling that fight. It was just like a steady pace and he just kind of worked, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to win the fight. And yeah. it, it wasn't a lackluster performance, but it was certainly nothing to, you didn't look at him and go, oh, he, we've, got a, we've got a contender here. We knew he was a contender because of what he'd already already achieved in M1. But when he came over, like Tim Johnson, Roy Nelson, like both of those fights were kind of, yeah, we're going to need to see something more out of this guy, especially given the fact that he was he was basically beating up two guys that were like heavyweights because they weren't in shape. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah. But then he you fought... You always get a text when that's when that's on. Exactly. Like, these aren't heavyweights. <laughs> these, <laughs> no. these are lazy light heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. But then when he fought Stefan Struve, all of a sudden I realized to myself, like he's, he's very, very intelligent at how to use his reach. Because that was always a criticism of of Struve is that he's the tallest fighter in the UFC and can't it. keep people on the yeah. end of a jab. I, I, I like what Volkov does with his front leg. He teeps, kicks, and they're not powerful, but he use you know uses them as range finders and just that irritating damage accumulation. Yeah. But he's, he seems to be really light and be able to whip that front leg up quite easily. Mm. It's quite you know I saw that a lot as I was sort of researching this. So a lot over a lot of fights he uses that really effectively, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't think he's going to be intimidated by Overeem. And I, and I don't think he's necessarily going to give the center up to Overeem. I think it might be smarter if if Overeem's trying to clinch with him because I think he'll defend takedowns better against the fence. But I, the, the way I can see this fight going is Overeem's 
Like, okay, if it goes in Volkov's direction, it's going to be because Overeem's come out and has, uh, has, has tried to push him back with, with presence and with the threat of striking, and then he's level changed and, taken, and tries to take him down. But Volkov's been against the fence, so he's been able to defend it against the fence and then turn it around, and now he's starting to push Overeem back. And that's the point where you get Overeem kind of skirting along the edge of the octagon because he's not a high work rate fighter compared mm. to Volkov. So if Overeem's like skirting along the edge of the octagon looking for that perfect shot and Volkov's just not giving him the respect that something might be coming, he might just be able to keep teeping him and jabbing him and mm. you know maybe just, just kind of outpoint him and, and beat him up over the distance. You can, you can back... Over him up, right? You can back him up, and he'll sit with that du- with that double Just guard. Just leans back it, against the fence. Yeah, in a st- straight yeah. line. Let's people unload. Yeah, he does. He does, doesn't he? I wonder with, you know, with Volkov's reach and the fact that y- you can make over him do that, whether he can pick him apart a little bit. But then what, is he going to just fall into one of those traps where he, you know, he expends a lot of energy yeah. and over him is like, yeah, I got this. And we're all good. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I mean, over him did that against thingy, didn't he? He did it against Rosenstrike. Like every, anytime Rosenstrike was being aggressive, he would just back up and cover up and just let him work. I would say, I would argue that Volkov's not going to stand in the boxing pocket and unload hands. Mm. I think his attacks are going to be more varied. Mm. Okay. So like, even if you are covering here, there's still that front kick to the midsection, which yeah. completely dismantled Walt Harris. If Volkov's going to do it, if he's going to make a run for the title, this is this is really really important fight. You could do with a stoppage as well, really, yeah. just to just to kind of get people on board. I mean, I know that Walt Harris one was a, was a good a good finish, but stopping Overeem that's puts people it. on notice. So he's sixth. He's ranked sixth, I think. Mm. If he wins this, he's sort of you know he's he's putting himself. He doesn't want to drop down, in, you know, the Olenex and the JDS. You don't want to be down there. That's a that's a tough that's a tough place to then have to start that run again. You know. Yeah, exactly that. It's a big opportunity for him. Yeah, for sure, it's a big opportunity. But but with the amount of experience he's got, he's got forty fights, thirty two wins, twenty one knockouts. Overeem's forty seven, eighteen and one, and yeah. in MMA, right? Mm. Yeah, front kick to the face from uh, from Volkov. TK on the ground. You know what? I, you know what? I don't like picking against Overeem, but I think I think Volkov. Wager. You know, I think Volkov might do it. You haven't. Just, can we just note that <laughs> under no pressure at all from Mr. Hardy? Um, yeah, know, yeah. Overeem's experience and he's you know he's, yeah. he's wily. He's got good. But I reckon Overeem's going to come out and take him down and ground and pound him. Yeah. So you're going for? You... I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Volkov. But that is a very likely scenario that could happen. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know what? Actually, I hope Volkov gets this win because I think it will. You'll put him up in that sort of top five, and it's good for the division in it. For sure, he, yeah. he's an awkward um, puzzle for people to try and figure out. Yeah, and that's what we want. And the current champs' uh, loss to Stefan Struve may mean that he can't deal with very well with taller fighters. So interesting. Volkov might have a shot. What's up, YouTube fam? We have just hijacked the UFC picks show. And now you're going to get some even worse picks <laughs> from me and Jamie. We're going to keep it short and sweet, though. Um, just going to do the main card. But how are you, Jamie? Yeah, all good, man. All feeling refreshed from Fight Island. And yeah, ready to get back into it. Good. Looking forward to this card as well. I think it's going to be a great 
great card. It is, man. It's been slept on a little bit, as per usual, these kind of cards. But I think that's a good sign to say it's going to be some bangers, because that's how it usually goes. First card, first fight on the main card, mm -hmm. Fiera and Darush. Yeah, I think this will be a good good fight. I'm looking forward to this fight a lot. I think it'll be a back and forth, just a good battle between them both. Um, I mean, me, I, I, I've picked Carlos Ferreira over Darius on this one. Have you? Yeah. I just think, I mean, they've both got, you know, coming off good fight win streaks at the minute, but... I just like Freya. Last time I seen him fight, I think I think he's he's yeah he's got good momentum. I, I think he'll he'll beat Darush. I'm gonna go the other way. Oh, okay. I'm going. Uh, actually, I always say his name Neil Darush, but it's Benil, isn't it? Benil I need Darush, to get that right. Yeah. Everyone slays me in the live <laughs> live chat when I'm saying these names. They are tough. Some of them are really tough though to to get you tongue around yeah they are they are uh, Benil Darush really isn't that hard when you look at the name no I just completely ignored the B <laughs> but he's he's awesome man he's really really good um I think we are gonna see a submission finish here what from Darush yeah okay well how do you think it's gonna end Oh, I, I think it's going to go the distance, to be honest. Do you? Yeah. And I think Carlos Freire is going to beat him over the distance. Yeah. Yeah. And they have fought before as well. And that was a decision. Darius won on decision. But I think it's going to be that like that again. But Freire is going to come out on top. Mm, Freire is good, man. He's a nice guy as well. What about... Um, all right. So we'll go on to the, the next one. Okay. Cody Stanman and Andre Ewell. What are you saying? Right, I think I'm gonna go for Cody in this one. Um, well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn to be honest, because I think if Cody goes in to wrestle Andre, and I think if Andre knows that he's gonna try and get him up through the center, like with knees, punches up through the mm. up through the middle, so I think he could potentially get caught with something like that. But I'm still gonna go for Cody. Yeah, I like Cody. I think yeah. he's a good man. I've been really impressed with Cody. We've seen him in the in the PI as well, mm -hmm. watching him train, and he he's, he seems like he's got really good work ethic. And he was there with Sonia Dong as well, yeah. who he fought a draw to. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Son, Son. I remember speaking to Son, and he even pointed out like that, that was probably one of my toughest fights I've ever had. And you know, like like uh, Dan and Ollie were saying. Cody's got some reach as well. Mm -hmm. And I think if he can play that well, I think I think that's Cody's fight as well. So I'm gonna go for Cody as well on that one. Yeah. Well Cody's got the what is it, like a seven or eight inch reach reach disadvantage on Andre. Oh, is it the, yeah, the yeah, other way around? Andre's got the long, long reach. Is it? Yeah. Right. Well, I'm still picking Cody. <laughs> yeah. Um Let's go on to the flyweight, Pantoja okay. and Cape or Cape. <laughs> Cape. Is it Cape? Or Cape? Nah, it's Cape. It's Cape. Yeah, yeah, Cape. yeah, yeah. He's making yeah. his debut as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is he from Ryzen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was saying Cape because Ollie was saying that's how they pronounce. 
Right, Pantoja, Cape. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go for Pantoja on this one. Yep. I think he's really good, really good in that division. It's um, a dark horse, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. And he had that loss against Figueredo, but Figueredo's badass, so yeah, can't really blame him for that. Um, yeah, I like Pantoja in this fight. I know, obviously, Cape's coming in on his debut, so it's like, don't really know how he's going to approach his first UFC fight, but yeah, I think Pantoja, with the experience he's got in the UFC, I think he'll take this one. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> I'm looking at it as well, and I'm just it, so Pantoja coming off a loss as well with Askar Askarov. Obviously, that was a decision. Askar Askarov, in my opinion, is unreal. Mm. I really rate that guy. We were there as well for um, for that, I believe, um, at Fight Island. Um, he's got a win over Monero as well, Brandon Monero. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that he does have a lot of potential to get up there and start, you know, fighting for for the belt, in my opinion. I think this is a good stepping stone towards doing that, like a, a very, like a sort of bit of a gift giving someone mm-hmm. like Pantoja, someone on their debut. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really quite sure. I don't understand really why that's happened unless this cape, guy is meant to be pretty phenomenal uh, and yeah. i just don't really know too much about that cape dude uh but i do like an underdog so you never know man like we've seen guys come in and perform and get like on debuts mm-hmm. against good people like joaquin buckley came in on a yeah. debut against kevin holland and looked awesome and i'm i have faith in the ufc matchmakers that that they know what they're doing here as well. So, you know, part of me wants to just go on no logic and go all in on uh, Cape. Actually, I am. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I've convinced myself. I've changed it. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. So, you're going Pantoja. I'm going to go Pantoja, yeah. I think is all round good fighter, like split decisions, submissions, KOs. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes it, it, it makes a lot of sense, man. It does. Um, but I'm just gonna go for the complete flip side on this. A lucky, a lucky, a lucky guess I'm going for. Manel Cape. So, what have you on so far? You gone Fiera, Cody Stanman, yeah, Pantoja. Cody, yeah, and now Pantoja. So yeah, there. And you're going cape on that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going cape on that, yeah. Um, women's bantam weight, we've got, um, I don't know how you pronounce Marion Renault. Nice. And Macy Chasson. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Macy. I don't really know too much about both of these guys, other, other than girls even, other than Macy. Um, she's fought a lot more. And I think... I have quickly had a look as well. I believe Marion is on a three-fight leading yeah. streak. Yeah, she is. And um, we've seen people recently coming in on similar records and not performing. I don't know if it's just the, the mental side of that burden, carrying that, you know, that that mm-hmm. three-fight loss, backing you into a corner of a 
this is my last chance. Um, so just off that basis and Macy's record recently, I'm gonna, I think logically Macy is a, is probably the wiser pick there. So I'm okay. going to go Macy. So I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go for Marianne. Go on then. Just because I know you said about the three fight win streak. Losing streak. Sorry, uh, losing yeah, streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And carry a lot of pressure, but I feel like that pressure can, especially with someone experienced like Marianne, can work the opposite and encourage her to get, get the win. True. And yeah, we did see as well, like, what's her name? Who fought um, Rachel Ostrovich? I can't remember her name. Oh, when we read um, her. Gina. Gina Manazzi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gina yeah, Mazzani, yeah. that's it. She surprised me and she mm. was the underdog in that and they were all on. So, yeah. God, you just never know, do you? But and yeah. I'm going Macy on that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm going to go Marion. I've stole Ollie's notes a little bit here, but the, um, <laughs> yeah, we've been thrown into this like last minute here. But the um, all the losses are by decision as well, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, that so, is interesting. Who Macy's? No, Marion. Oh right, yeah. Well, definitely losing then. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Marion on this one. All right, cool. All right, and then we'll go on to your boyfriend's next fight. Who's that? Cody. Oh, Corey and... Yeah, Corey, Corey sorry. Yeah, Corey Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Obviously, I know you're <laughs> going to pick Corey. Yeah, I'm going to go for Corey. Yeah. Straight up. Go on then. I just, yeah, it's just that new school yeah. style of fighting. I just think, I don't think Frankie's going to be able to keep up with the pace yeah. and the changing stance and just that unorthodox striking. I think, I think uh, Corey's definitely going to take this one. Yeah, I agree, to be fair. Um... Depends, you know, Frankie could just take it to the ground instantly and just mm. nullify him. Like he did against you, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's got to be a game plan when you're fighting someone mm-hmm. like that. So if you can pull that off, you know, we've seen how debilitating it is for people in the first round to get taken down mm-hmm. and it completely changed their game plan. Happened to McGregor as well recently. Yeah. It's happened, it happens all the time mm-hmm. when you get these two kind of styles of fights meeting um i think whoever gets to their game plan the quickest and most efficiently will probably win that because they're both intelligent they're both awesome athletes and i think it's just going to come down to who can execute their game plan the quickest and the more effectively and you know if Corey can stay as intelligent as he has been then but I think going back to the Edgar Yai as, as an example, I mm. think I think Corey could probably do a better job on the floor yeah. if he got put in that position. Yeah, off his back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think even if Frankie does execute it to a certain point, I think Corey's still always within a chance. True. Getting back yeah. to his feet and you know yeah. fighting his own way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Cody, Corey as well. I don't know I keep calling him Cody. Um, but Corey Sanhagen, yeah. Mm-hmm. You going the same, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to go for the same as well. Corey All right. On that one. Let's go to the main event. Okay. What are you saying? Alistair Overeem and Alexandra Rokov. 
Okay, Overeem's record is ridiculous. 47 and 18. Yeah. That is nuts. <laughs> um, You've seen about that many fights, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Overeem. Yeah? Yeah. I just think the momentum he's got at the minute and it's his last run at the title and everyone knows that and he knows that. And I just think with that momentum that he's got, he could beat someone like Volkov. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Even if, even if, when you look at his record and he's got a loss to uh, Rosenstrike, he was winning that. We were watching that mm-hmm. in Vegas yeah. together. Oh, was that the floppy lip one? Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. yeah. Damn. And that's really, in my opinion, like, if, yeah, it's a freak accident and it obviously Rosenstrike won. Uh, but really, he was winning that. Mm-hmm. And that's five really good fighters uh, he's put away with TKO punches. Um, Sergi, Olenek, uh, Walt Harris and Sakai, all all TKOs. Um, and he probably was going to get the decision on Rosenstrike. I just think, I just think he's just an intelligent fight a mm. really intelligent fight and i think so is volkov like that's one of the things that stands out when volkov fights other people is to me anyway he seems really intelligent inside inside that octagon um he's like energy expenditure as well yeah, compared yeah. to other heavyweights seems to be mm. on par for you know for the top end of the league of the division even um but I kind of see Alistair pulling this off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, and I think Volkov's fought very recently as well. Um, I think you can say that's an advantage to Volkov, but I think under these circumstances, I'd say it's more of an advantage for Overeem because um, when was Overeem's last? Like September. Guy, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just think he's had a little bit more time to freshen up, to think about things. And he's a more, I can just imagine he's more cerebral about these types of things, going into these types of things. And I think that'll pay dividend with someone like Volkov. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, like, like I said, I, I just find Volkov quite one dimensional. And I mm, think if yeah. Overeem yeah. in his last fight against Kai, get him to the floor, like wear him out, just yeah. ground and pound him. I just think Overeem's got a lot more to his game. Yeah. And he's got a lot more avenues to go down than Volkov. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I completely agree there. So we're both going to go for Overeem, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Sealed and dealed, and dealt even. <laughs> so let's have a little look what we just went over. Yeah. So your picks were Carlos Ferreira. Yeah, Carlos Ferreira against... Darius, I think that's going to be go the distance and Freire's going to take that. Okay. And Cody and Andre, you? Yeah, I am a little, like I said, I'm a little bit torn, but I, I weighs more to Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Pantoja, Cape? Yeah, I'm going to go for Pantoja over Cape. On and you're going for in the women's? In the women's, I'm going to go for the experience of Marianne Renault. Okay. And then we both going for Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. And both going for Overeem. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Um, I've gone Dara, Neil, Benil Darouche, Cody, Manuel Cape, Macy Chasson, uh, Corey Sanhagen, and Alistair Overeem. So we've just chose different twice. Yeah, just the co-main and main event we've, oh no, sorry, we've agreed on. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And the okay. rest, all different. So... Do you think you're going to beat me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super confident. Really? Yeah, I do, yeah. Wow. This will be interesting <laughs> when the next one, Gotta be the review happens. Yeah, well, we've seen <laughs> what confidence does in your picks from Ollie's. <laughs> Goes nowhere. <laughs> nah, that's, that's cool then. So we're done, yeah? Yeah, yeah. All good, man. Awesome. Let's see how the fights go. Looking forward it. to it. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Remember, you can play with all of the other UFC fans on the new UFC Picks app, available for download on Apple iOS, Google Play, or visit www.ufcpicks.com. It's free to play, and there's a chance to win £5,000 cash. Participants must be 18 years of age or older. UK and Ireland residents only. Terms and conditions apply. And remember to always play responsibly. If you or a friend have a problem with gambling, make sure you seek help and visit www.begambleaware.org.